Wine series. Today, we have the pleasure of ha having Hannah Rudy, the new assistant director of bands at Kennesaw State University, which is our alma mater. So we're so happy to have you with us. How are you today? I'm great. How are you guys? We're great. We're so glad you're here. Yes, guys. <laughs> So first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us where you're from, your little bio and everything like that. Sure, yeah. So I'm I mean, originally from Texas, but grew up in the Atlanta area, went to school in the Atlanta area, and then um, went to the Univers University of Georgia for my undergraduate in um, music oh. education. Go Dogs. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be, I'm excited to be back in, in Georgia country too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, I taught um, five years in public school. I taught one year down um, in Lee County near Albany and then taught four years in Douglas County um, at Chapel Hill High School, just west of Atlanta. So that's where all my teaching experience was in Georgia. Um, and then applied for graduate school and did my master's in conducting and repertoire at the University of Colorado Boulder, which was fantastic. Um, great experience. And then came out to the University of Oklahoma to work with Dr. Simon and Dr. Hancock and pursue my DMA. So I'm currently ABD, finished all my exams and everything. I just, I got to write, you know, the big, the big paper now and finish up. Um, but yeah, so that's where I am. And then pretty soon headed, headed home to Georgia to work at Kennesaw, which I'm really, really excited about. Yes, we cannot wait. I mean, you're already part of the family, but when you're officially part of the Hootie Who family, we're <laughs> so excited for you. Um, so you were talking about, you know, the big paper. I mean, I think we haven't really talked about the big paper on our podcast yet. So like, please tell us like what's going on now, because I know for me and some of our listeners, we want to know like, how is that working? What is the, the things you have to do before it, during it, after it, all of that. So what, what's going on in your world right now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, what's interesting is every university is different. So if you're planning on pursuing um, a doctoral degree in conducting or music ed or what have you, um, everywhere's different. I know at Colorado, I didn't experience it myself, um, but my colleagues in the studio had to do six dissertation projects that included a wide range of things that they had to do. Um, and then here at OU, I've got to do a dissertation. And um, the process here is a little different from other places. Even within the School of Music, it's a little different. Um, I just set up a proposal, uh, which is a lot of background research and um, I guess let me rewind. Coming up with a topic itself is a really big thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, I, I wanted to dive into something that I wanted to know more about. I wanted to be stronger with my conducting or with my teaching. And so um, my teacher and I have had a lot of discussion about how conductors can be emotionally connected and more invested emotionally into the music they're conducting. And then how to portray that and bring their ensemble into that as well. Because um, we all know you've, you've been in, most musicians, if not all, have had a musical experience that's um, been really, really meaningful to you and meant a lot and, and has a lot of emotion and feeling behind it. But then, you know, there are concerts that, yeah, it was fun, but you just played the concert. Yeah. Um, so how do you become a more, how do you plumb a score for emotive content and then share that through gesture with your ensemble. So that's when my research started, kicked off. And um, that's a really big, like esoteric topic. Mm -hmm. um, 
pretty abstract. So first what I had to do was basically in this proposal, um, do a lot of the background research of like, why is this necessary? Why is this going to be important to the field? And um, so I did a huge survey of literature of um, conducting textbooks, of um, undergraduate conducting curriculum, of other just conducting books in general. And um, the subject is broached very slightly of, you know, yeah, you should feel something about the music. I'm like, all right, but how? Because like, I, I can know in my head, I can study and study and study all these objective elements of the music um, and know exactly how I want it to sound, but how do you inhabit those emotions as a, as a conductor and really connect? Um, so I put this big proposal together. It's a huge document. And then I had to do a whole defense for that. Um, so I went before my committee and they were wonderful. They gave me such great perspective and feedback on it. Um, my theory professor on my committee had a lot of opposing arguments that I hadn't thought of and were great. And he's like, at least acknowledge these and it makes your paper more well-rounded and um, gave me some really cool different viewpoints to consider. Um, so, so that's a whole thing in and of itself is the, is the proposal at OU. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, from here, um, because part of my project involves um, interviewing people, I had to go through um, a big process. I'm actually finishing it up like today, tomorrow, uh, with the institutional review board because I'll be interviewing people and I have to have all these permissions and go through trainings to um, to talk to live people so I don't do anything fishy I guess <laughs> um, yeah so so that's that's kind of where I am and then the next steps after that approval is I'll be uh, recruiting people I've got criteria laid out for how I've selected people and I'll be looking for people to interview um, kind of at the top of our field um, from a wide array of backgrounds uh, and talk to them about, you know, how do you, how do you emotionally invest as a conductor and how do you share that? And the goal is to kind of find themes through what they tell me and be able to present uh, promising practices to other conductors of like, hey, try this. Right. Um, so not like the method, but here's, here's a way, here's some resources. Yeah, yeah. that is really, really cool. <laughs> Really. That, is, that is extremely interesting. I know me and Anthony always make the joke that we're going to be ABD for 25 years before <laughs> we finally nice. turn that piece of paper in and be like, Come on, we just, just how about we just, let's see who lasts longer, this ABD, or are you just going to go ahead and give me my DMA? <laughs> I mean, well, not our, well. our strong suit. Uh, if Lauren's strong suit, she will write you a whole well, book day. While well, me and Michael will be sitting on the first sentence for a whole year, because that's just not that. That's just not. <laughs> this is my D dot M dot A. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a question. Um, that is this really cool dissertation topic, but I I'm very interested to. You went through the path of being a collegiate band director, and I was wondering when that hits you in your education or your. Um, experience as a musician that you wanted to pursue that path? Yeah. Um, well, when I was an undergrad at Georgia, um, Dr. Lynch, John Lynch was the director of bands and I just absolutely adore him. He's wonderful and amazing, a fantastic musician in person. And I loved how involved he was in all facets of the program. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were times he'd come out to red coats and like jump up on the podium with us and either occasionally yell things out at the band or work with us on our conducting. And 
Um, so he was at football games. He was at marching band rehearsal. He worked with graduate and undergraduate conductors, observed student teachers. He, he really had his hand in everything. And it was so cool how involved he was. And I was like, you know, I want to do that. How do I do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of the first time I was like, I, I think I want to do this. I want to work with future music educators and um, high level musicians. But I told myself when I graduated, um, like, you know, I'm going to go teach. I'm really excited to go teach. And if I just fall in love with what I'm doing and I'm in like the perfect spot for me, then I'm not going to be mad if I don't go back to graduate school. But, right. um, but yeah, I was, I was at a point where I was at, um, at Chapel Hill that um, I was looking, looking for a little bit of a change. And um, I actually applied to some other jobs as well as applied to graduate school. And I was like a finalist for one job and they happened to be on spring break when CU called me and offered me a spot. So it was, it was all, it was timing because yeah. I may have taken that other job. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Right. I'm always interested to see where people like find that little spark to make them shoot for, especially with like earning three degrees to get a job. I'm like, you really passionate about this. So I, I like to know like where that comes from. Yeah. I, yeah. Everybody comes from different places, which is really, really cool um, about graduate school. I've met some amazing people from all over and everybody has their own inspiration for doing it, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. And Oh, and when you guys were talking about <laughs> being on your dissertation forever, I will give you a heads up. The school doesn't let you do that. Um, no. Because okay. typically, okay. There's, ha. Ha. I hate ha. to spoil that for you, but. No, I'm um, glad you spoiled it for them. <laughs> no. We just pop their dreams. I have, found, I have found loopholes in everything I've earned so far. <laughs> so, wait, I will hire a, a crack is, team of lawyers. That is now on the record. I would right, it's on the record. On the record. I, I wish you I wish you the best with that endeavor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was actually like a scary thing. Like you, most universities have this, if not all. But I know here at OU the clock is five years, so I believe it's when you pass your exams, you have a total of five years. Okay, five years. That that's more comfortable. You can write a chapter a year, or for <laughs> me, you write it all in five days. Yeah, I mean, there'll yeah. be like seventy percent grammar errors throughout it. Like you know, it will be pretty bad, but it'll be something. I'm trying to put you back into reality. <laughs> no, but like they'll wipe. Some schools will like wipe your record if you don't get it done in time. Like your your classes, your exams, yeah. all the work you did. Right. You know, yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. So I'm like, I'm no, no, not. don't do that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So one thing that I didn't uh, hear, you were the drum major of the Redcoats, right? I was, yeah, my uh, senior year. Uh-huh. How was that experience? Did that like, because a lot of people, like me, my first experience is being, love, my love for conducting was being a drum major. So like, did that really kind of, you know, kind of fester that like, I actually love doing this. How was your experience? Oh my gosh. That was definitely an experience um, that I haven't like really thought, sat and like thought about in a while. But um, yeah, I was, I was a high school drum major and loved it. Um, and then, yeah, I did it, I did it in college and it was just the most amazing thing. And I was on a team, there are four of us and I had a great team. We, we played great music and 
oh my gosh, just being in front of that ensemble, the sound was, yeah. was, yeah, it was so much fun. I'll never forget our first show that year was like a classic show or classical music show and it opened with William Tell. And mm. then, oh yeah, Can Can Music was really fun, auxiliary feature. And then it closed uh, with the fourth movement of Dvorak's New World. And we kind of like rotated around spots of who did what and who had center podium when, but I was like, sorry, boys, I really want to call dibs on Dvorak because I'm a huge <laughs> Dvorak fan. And like, that was just, I'll never forget that experience. It was, oh my gosh, it was incredible. It was so much fun. Um, I almost, I was so nervous. I think the first time we did that show that I almost tripped getting up the ladder and like heard people behind me gasp in the stands, which was really embarrassing, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was yeah it was it was amazing and and getting to travel and perform with that band was just such well everybody's undergrad has such a special place in your heart and I mean Georgia itself just UGA has a special place in my heart and so being a drum major for that group was really a phenomenal experience we've had so many guests who come on and like well so many I should say basically all all of them always talk about their education and like their their background and their upbringing that kind of made them who they are as a professional and so like for you going through all the degrees that you've gone through and are currently in like how has your education and the people within your education shaped you as a professional that like who you are today yeah that's oh that's a really good question um yeah, I definitely wouldn't be where I am or so much of who I am without all the phenomenal people I've worked with over the years. Um, oh man, it's gonna make me cry. I'm sitting here thinking about my professors and how much I've loved working with them, especially here at OU. And um, yeah, I, I'll never forget sitting in Dr. McKinney's office at Colorado. And I'm, I very much am working on this. I very much like beat myself up about things. Um, you know, I feel like I didn't have a strong rehearsal and I'm, I'm ticked about it for the rest of the day. And not, not as much of like, Ugh, I screwed up, I'm awful. But like, man, I, I didn't give them a good experience. I didn't give the ensemble a great experience. And I feel horrible. Like, I feel like I let them down. And I'll never forget sitting in his office and more than once he'd be like, I right, put the proverbial baseball bat down. And so he and I worked on that a lot. And he's such a phenomenal musician um, that, you know, he, um, when you first start your graduate degree, you, you, I don't know, for me, I didn't quite know what I was getting into. I thought I did. I didn't. Um, <laughs> and so he was the first person that I, I really dove into music in a really different way. And it was so inspiring and um, got to explore so many um, amazing pieces that I didn't know or just didn't have experience with. And um, that really opened my eyes to how much more is out there. And I started doing so much more research on just what's out there in the wind band world. And um, yeah, and then having the opportunity to work with those musicians at CU was fantastic. And then at, and then at OU, it's, oh my gosh, Dr. Simon is just amazing. And I wish I was like half as creative as she was. She's so inspiring to me. Um, we, she's, she wants to draw the audience in, in such a visceral way. And it's so interesting. Like we did, um, Elsa's last year for CBDNA before, um, before COVID. And at the end, um, oh, this was quite a project, but we had all across the front of the stage, we had, um, from the rafters, we had rose petals coming down. Um, and it was just, oh my God, it was beautiful. And did you, 
Did you see pictures of that or? I did, but yeah. the, the reason why I, all, my two friends are looking at me is because literally right on the wall, there's two pieces that I hold so close to me. And one of them is Elsa's literally on my, on my, um, my, what is this wall? And it, because that is the song, I have two pieces. One I want played at my wedding, which is Elsa's and the other not my funeral, which is Adagio for strings. And then here just, I'm pretty sure if I was there, like I honestly probably would have cried. Like I think I would have cried because just seeing that would have been so beautiful, beautiful. Oh yeah, it was it was so powerful. I'll have to I'll have to send you guys um, the video. We did a music video project yes. that was actually yeah. It was separate from the performance. We used the rose petals again, and we um, we did the bourgeoisie version. So we had um, a really big organ in Gothic Hall. And it was, oh, it's an amazing project. I'll send it to you guys. It was yes. phenomenal. Um, yeah, if anybody else wants to check that out, University of Oklahoma Wind Symphony did Elsa's procession. And um, yeah, just look it up on YouTube. It was amazing. And, and these ideas are all Dr. Simon's brainchild and we get to be a part of that. I mean, we helped, um, I got to learn so much about production. Like we produced an entire album last year. Um, we ran CBD Day. We did this music video project and yeah, just seeing her creativity and getting to work with her on these things. Um, we did, oh, the Fireflies piece, um, Mason Bates. I'm completely embarrassing. I'm blanking on the name. Was it just, it went, uh, it's right on my side. We have brain farts on here all the time. <laughs> That's fantastic. <Really> okay. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. But we did, and I actually saw a copy today. I was like cleaning out some stuff in my office of the electronics part. Um, Rusty Air in Carolina. Rusty Air in Carolina. That was it. And right. we had a point in the piece where we blacked out the auditorium and we passed out little tiny glow balls to everybody in the audience. And we're like, this is your firefly. And Dr. Simon had this whole thing and um, like, okay, keep it tight in your hand. And when we tell you, we're gonna let them fly. And so everybody opened up their hands and they were like fireflies all around the auditorium. And it was just, it was the coolest thing. Um, so yeah, just all these things make me so excited to to experiment and to draw the audience in and just make it such a creative and collaborative and um, heartfelt experience for the, for the ensemble and the audience. So that's, that's shaped me so much in the past, even just the past four years. So yeah. that's so interesting. The idea of bringing in this like other outside creative element into the concert hall, because I think a thing that we always talk about here is the lack of connection between uh, like, you know, current orchestras and the audiences who will be around in, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? And we're seeing with our generation that it's multiple elements that we always need going on what to be engaged with something, you know? And the idea of bringing in the interactive, like, things of like, oh, you have to, you know, because they're paying attention then. You have something where they're connected with it. They are a part of the music. And I love that idea because some people you know, could argue, oh, that takes away from it. But I'm like, no, it enhances it. I think it makes it an experience instead of a listening thing. And I think that's so cool. And I hope, hopefully we see more of that coming out of everywhere. Um, but I don't know, but that is, that's, so, I can't, I want to watch this video now. Also, I'm so interested in it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something I never really been exposed to and just blew my mind. And we start, we embarked even in the midst of COVID on another video project that'll hopefully be coming out. Um, sometime, we're gonna have to finish it next school year or they'll have to finish it next school year um, of Lift Every Voice. And just the, the image, we did all the, um, the audio this year, but, um, and I don't know if they'll have to re-record next year, but just her, her ideas and her visions are so cool. And 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. It can, people say it, it can take away, but done, done well, it just makes it so much more. Yes. And you yeah. know, I, that's honestly why I also love conducting so much is because I remember seeing in the audience, Dave Keeler, who you're going to be working with. He is such a, what is the word? Very into it, very just like his whole body's into it. And I remember just the first concert I ever went to when I was a freshman and, and seeing all of this and just hearing the sound and the visual of him conducting. And I was like, whoa, like, what is this? Where did this come from? I didn't know you could do something like that. And studying with him really kind of got my mind in different places. So now it's like, oh my gosh. So that's one of the reasons why I love conducting because we bring that type of um, visual aspect. And then when we have other things too, it brings more to a performance. And I, I just, I love that. I really do. So I have a question for you about you, you Georgia to Colorado to uh, Oklahoma. How has it been as now a female uh, conductor going through all this? Because as we know, the, the conducting world and all of it is a male dominated world. How has it been for you? And I, I, I wanna add on a more specific question about that. What challenges have you faced in terms of expectations that you think are expected from you of being a female conductor? Do you think you have to you know, play into those expectations or do you think you have to overcome them and you know, try to like find a more masculine interpretation? Like I'm interested in that idea. Yeah, these are, these are great questions. Um, yeah, like I feel like most, a lot of women in, in classical music, I definitely encountered that. Um, I'll never forget teaching high school and the first few football games. I mean, I'm wearing a, like a band polo and I can't tell you how many people were like, oh, you must be the cheerleading coach. And I was like, uh, <laughs> you don't want me to do that. Are you kidding me? Like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. um, and, and even, um, you know, I had certain people in the school system that were like a female head high school band director. Like, are you kidding me? And, you know, I've had people be like, I mean, you can't tell I'm, I'm sitting right now, but like, you're like five, two, no one's going to take you seriously. I was like, want to bet. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, maybe I'm just a little headstrong sometimes. I don't know. But when, when I've had people that are like, you know, I, I don't believe you're going to do this because you're just a little girl. Or I had, I had band parents that were like, look, little girl. I was like, excuse me. Like, Oh, um, yeah. Um, first of all, adult. Right. yeah, yeah. Well, I won't get into that. Anyways, <laughs> um, I had some really fun conversations with parents sometimes. Uh, I loved so many, but so many had, yeah. Mm, you love parents. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You guys know, you guys know. Yeah, um, yes. Yes. yeah. but yeah, it, it, it's tough sometimes. Um, but I think one of the things that kept me going was I loved being able to to just a do what I love and then b encourage other female students to just to go for it whether it be in music or something else like um I was at a contest and I remember walking out to go to like hospitality or something and one of the band moms working there stopped me and she goes well are you one of the directors and I said yeah and she goes are you the head director and I said yeah she said, will you please talk to my daughter? Because her band director told her she'll never teach anybody older than middle schoolers because she's a female. And I was like, oh, 
oh, here's my here's my number. Here's oh. my email. Like you can do anything. What year is this? Like nineteen hundred. I remember because I worked for a female band director. I never had one, but I worked for one as my first job. And I would wear a band polo that clearly said brass instructor. Clearly, big bold letters. And they're like, are you the assistant band director or the head band director? I'm like, I'm in college. That's her. Don't, <laughs> don't look at me because I can't answer none of the questions you're looking for. And it's just like how easy it is to be looked over, how they're like, oh, okay, uh, male with a beard kind of, you got to be doing it. And yeah. it like upset me when I was working. I was like, uh-uh, it's her. Right. Oh, yeah. Has it. And can you talk about that a little bit more? Um, where it was like, are you the head of a high school? You can only do middle school. Like I, that's not. You're not the first person that I've talked to that someone has said that. Like you are a female. You will only do middle school. You're you're this height. Da, da, da. And I'm like, what? Can you talk about that just a little bit more? Because to me, it's crazy. Yeah. No, it's insane to me. And I never had female band directors until I came here to work with Dr. Simon. Um, and yeah, I don't, I, I just, it, it baffles me, honestly, in this day and age that people still think that way. Um, I mean, most people in the band world know the name Mallory Thompson. She's been doing this a long time and she's part of an incredible program and she's an amazing musician. And I guess what I hate for her and what I hate for all female band directors is that you have that label of like, oh, well, you're a female band director. No, she's just, she's a band director and she's a freaking awesome one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's frustrating to me. And I don't know, I think my, my view of it and what I want to continue to do as best I can is to combat that by just being the best I can be and working really hard to, to give my ensemble great experience. So they walk away not thinking like, oh, well, well she's good for a girl, you know, or some crap like that. But yeah. I just wanted to be a great experience. And that's what I encourage uh, everybody to do, all my students um, that I work with. I'm like, just you do you, boo, and you like just kill it. And nobody has, nobody can say anything. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's still, it's very frustrating to me. And I still, you know, I still deal with that at the collegiate level in certain aspects where I'm not taken seriously. We, I took uh, a pride pet band to something and I was completely overlooked. The person we were coordinating with only spoke to the drum major. I'm sitting there in like a full suit and I was like, hello, I'm, you know, the staff member with them, but that's cool. Don't mind me. So, um, I don't know. I try not to let it bother me too much. I'm just like, well, I'm going to do my thing and be awesome. So right. whatever. <laughs> Like, girl, stay over there. Let me just do my job. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. we've talked about this on the podcast um, in previous episodes of that um, because they would see me as being a Black person, Black conductor. And it's like, you're the band director like, of this school? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I am actually. And I'm doing a great job. I'm going to do what I can do, what I love to do. So, and I think we've all, we've all had these conversations uh, conversations about this throughout our past and I just know for us and anybody who's listening just do the best that you can do and don't get what nobody else say because we don't even care about the rest of them okay we really don't and I have something else to say about this it kind of goes back to something that Dr. William Lake uh talked about when he was here he was talking about in when we were we were talking about um we also had a Dr. Golden on Ars Golden on as well and what he said was really profound because it, it kind of talks about allyship a little bit and why allies are so important because 
you have people in those places in those high places who can help bring in the people who they see are less uh, represented than they are. So he's like, as a black man, I still have more opportunities than Dr. Golden because she's a black female. So my job is to go into those areas and make room for her. And so it is not only the people who go through the battles who have to work through it. It's also the people around you who, if they're truly your allies, truly someone, people who want to see you succeed, they're going to be the ones who say, this is my friend here. They are, they are a part of this, but Mm -hmm. you talk to them as well. And you know, the difference between the ones who say it, just do this or, you know, well, keyboard warriors versus the one who put in action and you'll see it. That's all I wanted to say about that. (laughs) Oh, no, that's, that's, oh my gosh, that's so true. And yes, I a hundred percent agree with you. You figured out real fast who is actually there on your side. And sometimes that can be kind of detriment. I don't want to say detrimental. It's too strong of a word, but a really disappointing experience. Uh, Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Somebody you thought had your back and, and you're like, oh, oh, okay, great. That's fine. But yeah, I a hundred percent. That's fantastic. I totally agree. That's so, so important. So it feels so great to see you doing all the amazing things that you are doing, you know, just, just doing, being who you are, you know, when you're genuine, like you seem like the, one of the most genuine people who's out there in our field. I'm not surprised that you are as successful as you are. So just thank you. Thank you guys. (laughs) I, there are days I, you know, I look in the mirror and I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm almost done with my doctorate. Like, how did I, I can't believe I'm here. And I can't believe I was just talking to my good friend, Tim, who actually his job was just announced today. He's going to be the new assistant at McNeese state. Um, yeah. Tim Pardue, one of my really good friends and colleagues in the studio, super talented guy. And, and he and I were talking the other day, like, I just, I can't believe we're here. This is like what we've dreamed about and worked for. And yeah, it's, it's really, really weird, but really exciting. And I, yeah, I'm just a big nerd. Like I just love what I do and I don't know. So what, are, what are some of your expectations? I mean, you, you're a dumb master's, almost done with DMA and now you have a job, you're the new assistant band director. So like, what are your expectations? Are you like excited? Are you ready? Are you like nervous? Probably oh, man. <laughs> um, well, it's like, it's all the things I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I, I can't wait though. I mean, it's the exact same feeling I had getting out of undergrad. I'm like, all right, all right. I'm ready. Let me at him. Let me at him. I'm so ready. I'm so excited. And then I'll never forget my first day teaching all those middle schoolers came running in and I was like, hold on, where's the adult? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, me? I was like, oh, <laughs> I, know, I know. And I, and I had that second of like, Oh, oh, here it goes. It's real. Um, and so I know I'm going to have that as soon as I, you know, get in front of people at Kennesaw, but I'm just, I'm so, so excited. Um, of course I'm nervous. I, you know, I, I don't know exactly what I'm getting into. I'm new to the collegiate world in terms of teaching and holding a position, but, um, just so grateful that I get to do this. I, it doesn't seem real. I feel like, kind of like I'm, I'm rambling now about, and I feel really silly saying all this, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous and I'm really looking forward, honestly, to coming home and, and being, having such a great network of, of friends and colleagues. Like I can't tell you how many friends um, called or texted and we're like, Oh, I can't wait to see you. Hey, come work with my band. And I'm just uh-huh. like, yeah, let's do band. Let's have fun. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. So as we are closing up, I just wanted to ask, 
Um, if you had any um, advice for upcoming musicians that are, you know, thinking about, you know, going down this road, the path that you went down, do you have any advice for them? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say this is kind of cliche, but dream big. Don't be afraid to dream big. Um, I definitely had people along the way, a couple I can think of in particular who were like, you sure you want to do this? I don't know if you're ready for this. And then I was like, okay, well, here we go. We're going to do it anyways. Because yeah. um, <laughs> so dream big, but at the same time, um, and I'm still working on this for myself, be present. I told myself, you know, if I just fall in love with my high school teaching job, I won't be mad if I don't go to graduate school. But um, yeah, enjoy the ride. Focus on making great music and connections with your students. And I don't know, it all boils down to be a good person and work hard. And you're going to you're going to have a blast making music. So that's my that's my advice. It feels a little cliche, but so true, though. So true. So true. So can you just tell our audience where they can find you just in case they want to reach out and anything like that? Sure. Yeah. I'm on Facebook. Um, oh, I have two accounts. I need to delete one. That's all. I made one for like my band kids and parents when I was teaching high school. That was like all band announcements. I haven't used it in a long time, but um, yeah. So I'm on Facebook, Hannah Rudy. Um, it's my headshot, I think is the picture on there. So feel free to friend me, um, reach out to me on there and yeah, I guess I have Instagram. I'm not really great at checking it because um, I'm old, but <laughs> um, yeah, feel free to free to get in touch because I love to talk to other musicians, especially up and comers. And yeah, just encourage everybody as best I can. So I appreciate you guys so much for having me on here. I'm so touched that you oh, wanted to talk with me today. It's just so much fun. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to our audience members, thank you for listening. Please go check out Hannah. She's doing some fantastic things. Please, you know, we're all now part of her, her tribe and on her journey with her. So please, please, please go reach out. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of our Summer Spotlight series. See you next week. Bye.